Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Common Ground Vineyard Church proudly brings to you the way today. Earth began in perfection, ain't no sin had infected. God created creation within six days and he rested. Man was made in his image, essentially he reflected. Then gave Adam a part and named Eve to serve as his helper. Plan was to populate planet with image bearers. And to maintain the garden, the pre-incarnate was walking. Eden semen with creatures, named by the man himself. So that they could equip from every single tree except the one called the tree of life. Told him that they would die, naturally obey the creator who gave him life. Later on came the snake, slithering through the grass, told the woman to go against what the heavenly dad, told them propose a lie that they actually wouldn't die, as she bit from the fruit of man passively justified, then he ate it as well, condemned us all straight to hell, both realized they were naked, hiding because of shame, God confronted the man Adam went and shifted the blame, God then cursed off humanity, kicked him out of the garden, now all mankind is sinful and desperately needs a pardon, I pause it, forward now to where we're all and there's a race, I wait. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Rob Hunter, uh, your host. Today, we have a whole team together. We're finally here. Nothing is stopping us. God has finally got us together. Yes. No hurricane. No locked doors. We're in the empty No dirt. more locked doors! No more locked doors. No. Right? No. When, when God opens the door, no one can shut it, right? That's right. Okay. I'm here with my co-hosts. Michelle, better known as, what you said, Trigger Preacher? TV. Okay, Michelle. Are you done with all your names now? Yes. I'm okay. Ready. Hello, everyone, boys and girls. I'm Kenny B. Yes. <laughs> I am so happy to finally have somebody else to talk to than to be staring in my bedroom at a notebook and trying to imagine people listening to this. <laughs> and I think it's better to have a back and forth with people, and it doesn't have to be so serious. And your I think, dog doesn't talk back to you? No. 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 Sorry. My cat does. When I talk to him, he goes, meow. Sorry. Yeah. He does, though. Well, today we got a good show for you. We have a couple of news stories to go over. We have another movie review. We have a new sports segment to go through. And we have an interview with a man uh, named J.C. Perez, who runs Strong Life Raw Promotions. Uh, they uh, promote Christian hip-hop artists, Christian music artists. They're based out of Tampa, Florida. Um, we have an interview. He reached out to me last week after the Walmart story that we did about Walmart not selling ammunition for their certain guns and not selling handguns in certain states. He feels that it's our right to bear arms. And I just want to let me know that I think it's our right too. I did the story thinking that it's good for Walmart to uh, make their customers feel safe. I, I, I personally don't mind seeing people with a handgun on their side. It doesn't make me nervous. Uh, some people, it might make them nervous. It might make somebody nervous who's going to the counter at Walmart and buying a whole bunch of ammunition for you don't know what it's for. So he, he chimed back. It was our, actually my first message about a show from somebody who wasn't a friend of mine that said he had an opinion and I want to let it be known and he runs a great company, a Christian based company so we're going to interview him tonight and he's going to talk about his perspective on uh, Christianity in America and how it's going and it's going to be a good interview so we can't wait to talk about that 
and we're going to do the news. Breaking, breaking, the way today news. All right, so here's our news for the week. We're going to start out talking about the Coast Guard freeing four crew members from a capsized cargo ship. The U.S. Coast Guard gives an update on the crew members trapped within the capsized Golden Ray cargo ship. The Coast Guard has freed all four crew members stuck in a capsized South Korean-owned cargo ship off the Georgia coast, officials announced on Monday evening. At a Monday afternoon news conference, the U.S. Coast Guard has said they rescued three crew members and efforts to save the fourth was trapped on another deck continued. Coast Guard Lieutenant Lloyd Heflin said fourth South Korean crew member was rescued just before 6 p.m. Monday adding that he appeared to be in good medical condition, but is being evaluated. I think that's, uh, gives the glory to God. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cargo ships are big. Yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out on here, reading the story, like the total number of people, and it said, it says down towards the bottom, 20 people were safely evacuated from the ship, which had more than 4,000 vehicles inside of it. Um, before rescues determined smokes and flames and unstable cargo made it too risky to go inside to try to look for the people. Um, that's, I mean, you're right. Cargo ships are huge. And that's why I was trying to, four people on that's a what giant I cargo ship yeah, I was like. I got confused with that. And like, I didn't wow. read the whole story. I, I, I was reading and I just caught this yesterday when I looked at the news. And uh, everybody's safe then, right? Uh, seems there's, like there's no. Yeah, it said twenty people that were safely evacuated from the ship. So God bless. Praise but, God. But, yeah. But the cars, the yeah. cars. Hopefully they had insurance on those. Right materials. Well, was Geico was the little Geico right. lizard on there? Is he? I safe? don't know if you saw on social media though the guy in South Carolina when Dorian hit that he left his Jeep on the beach. Oh yeah, I saw that. The Jeep yeah. was lost yeah. on the beach. He was like being an idiot though, wasn't he? Driving like out. Right, he shouldn't have been and he driving. left it there. I wonder yeah. if those cars are going to meet up. You know what? In the ocean. In the, in the, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> God bless that everybody's safe from yes. that story, yes. and that's good. All right, on to the next story. Our next news story is dealing with Jerry Falwell of Liberty University, and Michelle's got that story for you. Oh wow! You are this. This. This is really amazing to me right now. So one of the senior university officials um, that has inside knowledge of Liberty Finances says we're not a school, the real estate hedge fund. We're not educating. We're buying real estate every year and taking students' money to do it. Wow. Go just just tell them what's going on so far. This is. I I I don't. I think that there's a, a problem going on here, and and. I think sometimes you can get too big for your britches. I know that's an old person saying, but right. you know, Liberty University is the Christian university, and I believe, and a lot of people, uh, not saying further education is 
important, but the money that's involved with your further education. I, I attend a Bible school right now that's online, and it's completely free. I donate money each month to mm-hmm. my school, but I don't. Um, I don't believe sometimes in, in giving money for an education that is supposedly, especially for the Bible, should be free. Your education for the Bible. I mean, I, I don't think we should be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for an education that other universities give away. Well, the other way is the teachers go. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I see both sides of that because I go to a school and for Bible college myself and I do pay tuition, but it's very affordable. Mm-hmm. But I That's- also know that the school that I go to rents the church that the school was founded in they rent the buildings and they have volunteer pastors that teach the classes um their their motto is to give you a high quality education that you don't need to take out student loans for so i see both sides of it i just i like having i i I have a, a bachelor's degree in exercise science that I got from a, a university that I shall not name, but it was a Christian university, and I was blessed enough to go to college when I was 31, and I went to this college because the local community college near me, tuition for a year was $16,000 tuition for a year at the school that I went to was 18 but it was several states away so to me I could go several states away where I could didn't know anybody and I focus on what I was doing in the time the four years that I was there tuition went from 18,000 to 32,000 dollars a year and the only thing that changed was they built a huge brand new dorm building that they had to pay for um so i can honestly understand this and and again when i was in school i was very blessed enough to be a coach on an athletic team and i got to see where the school was using athletics to fund the school because they were forcing the coaches to recruit certain amount of players every year that, that's a and, and that's a whole different story we need to get into because I'm all for well, I'm, I'm, I, I, seriously, I just, I'm, I'm I just say like, that Liberty University there's something shady going on with your money there's something <laughs> shady going on for a Christian college it's it's not just it's everyone though. right that's what I was going to say I mean not it's just more, I mean it's sometimes but it's, it's yeah it's we personal. point out Christian. But it, it is going on, like, in, in a lot of different universities. That's it's, right. It's not. We, Especially with the athletics. Well, I it, know the NCAA. No, it's, it's, not, it's not just that, bro. Like, seriously, like, if you dig into this, this is a, a major problem. This is why you have the talks of education should be free. is because right now what we're doing is we're creating a new form of, of slavery. Now it's debt slavery. These right. kids are going to school, spending $100,000, right. getting an education on something that they can't use. 
and they have no intention of using, they're just told from the very beginning that you have, in order to get a good job where you make a lot of money, you got to go to college. And that's simply not true. Right. You can go and, and be become a tradesman and master right. a trade and make more money than some people who have college degrees and are, are flipping burgers at McDonald's. Not that flipping burgers at McDonald's is bad. I'm just saying... Why would you have a degree in finance and, or something like that, or a degree in sociology, and work at a minimum wage job? It doesn't make sense. And then you have right. then you have eighty thousand dollars in student loan debt, where you're going to be paying. They know they can keep you in the workforce because you owe money to the government for the rest of your life. Well, I think that time has changed, and I think it's just now it's time for these colleges and universities to shift with timing. At one point, you know, you had to have a degree to yep. have to go into certain different work fields but now you don't you know and so I well, think that the university has to accommodate what society has now become when it comes to a lot of people are being entrepreneurs now. you look at America where a lot of the revenue is is made in California and Silicon Valley and that that over there in uh, Stanford University and um I forget the name of the town now. It's uh, Cupertino, not Cupertino. Um, uh, Palo Alto, Palo yeah. Alto, which is Silicon Valley. This little town is now a booming economy off of college dropouts. Dell, yep. Bill Gates, Smart. Mark Zuckerberg, yep. um, these guys, and you've got guys out there like Elon Musk who are changing the way of industry altogether with their robotics and things like that. That's a whole different story to get into, but this, this is interesting stuff, and, and hopefully we can revisit this uh, later on and talk about it because it seems like people are going to give some feedback on this and tell us what, what they think. But I'm all for free education, but somebody is paying for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that, that's what I was talking about earlier is that you're creating so much student debt because you're charging so much. It, 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 it creates a multifaceted problem, and I just hope that I'm invited back for when we do this episode <laughs> where we talk about this. <laughs> Hopefully, the people that follow the way today don't vote me off the island <laughs> so that I can make it to that episode because I really want to get into that because this is something that really bugs me, and it, there's a lot of different facets to it that I will... I'm sure that I can change maybe somebody's perspective on one or two things, and hopefully that will help someone. But yes, I'm excited for when we revisit this. So good, good uh, talking. All right, next story. All right, in our third and final story, we are going to revisit Popeyes. Popeyes recording is it? Yeah, it's recording. What? (laughs) We're live? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. Popeyes. Popeyes fried chicken. We we talked about how Popeyes did this amazing thing where they didn't advertise traditional advertising with their chicken sandwich. They went the meme route. They started a a beef pun intended with chicken fillet, chicken fillet, Chick fillet, Chick fillet (laughs) on Twitter, and they went back and forth. And I, and I think it's pretty funny how they were talking junk to each right. other and back and forth. But they they gained $11 million in, in two weeks off of this chicken sandwich with no paid advertising, no television commercials, no coming soon, the chicken sandwich, right. you know. They just did it in a way I think is brilliant. And now uh, CNBC is reporting that Popeye's 
sold an estimated <laughs> 1,000 chicken sandwiches a day, doubling store traffic. Yes, Popeyes. I say it funny. Yeah. I don't care. I think it's Popeyes. 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 Okay. I don't even know what uh, a spinach eating sailor has to do with chicken, by the way. Right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but anyway, okay. um, Key, Key Bank analyst Eric Gonzalez says that Popeye stores sold about 1,000 chicken sandwiches a day before the new product sold out. Sandwich sales were accounted for about 30% of Popeye sales in the time it was available while store traffic doubled. Popeye's officially launched its chicken sandwich on August 12th, but it wasn't until a week later that the fast food chain, the fast food chain's new product took off, fueled by a Twitter feud with rival Chick-fil-A. Now, I'm all for Chick-fil-A. Right. Chick-fil-A is a Christian-based company. I'm all for it. I think it's a beautiful place. I love to take my daughter there. It's it's beautiful. But Popeye's got a good chicken sandwich. <laughs> did you, you taste it? I did. I, I tasted it. I did. You tasted it? I have not. I, what? I did. It is a big, juicy, delicious sandwich. It is. Okay, so I just have to admit that Popeye's ain't in my route of daily driving. I have to go out of the way. I know the town we live in is super huge. I live in, in Vero Beach, Florida. The town's like five miles wide, so I'm sorry that I'm a stuck-up snob that only drives to and from where I gotta go. But Popeye's is out of the way, so that's why I haven't tried the chicken sandwich. Plus, they give you no ketchup. And I'm not even worried about that. But they don't give like, you ketchup? no, you pay for it. No, they don't have tomatoes and all that good stuff. I think they don't have tomatoes. That's what it is. On the sandwich, yeah. Uh, well, Chick Fil A has the the locks. Yeah, they yeah, give yeah. you all that. Right, well, but the, the classic chicken sandwich that I know you get is the pickled mayonnaise. Well, not mayonnaise. They put butter. Yeah. Yeah. They butter the buns. I don't yeah. know if that's what they did at Popeyes. No, they don't give you. But all their that. pickles and mayo are good on the chicken sandwich it's good and maybe somebody from Popeyes is listening and wants to send over a couple of chicken sandwiches so we can sample it on the show that's fine too. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and all this talk and hype that's been built up all I've heard is how people have gone there and they've been out right. so I didn't want to drive out of my way that's true I, send I a hate mail to robhunter.com right. gmail whatever slash I hate Kenny it's okay I'm sorry but I'm just telling you, like, I, I just haven't been there. I, I, I'm sorry. I'll tell you what. I went there Saturday. Uh, I was by myself. My wife was at an event with some Christian ladies. And I called my son. I said, you want some chicken sandwiches from Popeye's? <laughs> I was in the drive-thru. He was like, of course. He goes, I'll cash out your money. I said, no, I got it. Don't worry. And I said, could I have three chicken sandwiches uh, combos? I said, we don't have any. Wow. So... See, they were out. They're out. See, I would have, I would have, I would have, I would have had to pray because I would have been upset. I'd have been mad if I drove all the way over there. Yeah. I know, so I know five miles is long, but I'd have been mad if I drove all the way over there. They had no but be, be angry, but sin not. Right? And Chick yeah. yeah. Chick Fil A was nowhere Man, I near me. The tables, yeah. you know, the yeah. money changes. Yeah. Chick Fil A was nowhere near me, so I went to a local establishment here, Fat Chicken Shack. I'll okay. give them a sponsor. Fat Chicken Shack. Okay. Dude, Fast Chicken goes hard. Listen, if you're ever in the Fort Pierce, Florida area. They have it in Vero Beach, Florida, too. Fat Chicken Shack is good. Their Buff- finger licking sauce is where it's at. Buffalo shrimp. Buffalo. Okay, listen. Since this is a Christian podcast, let, let's say this. We got to talk about food, right? Yeah, I want to talk about something about God, you know, in the midst of this. I don't know. I was telling you all earlier that 
I don't know if they all knew about like last year that Popeye took a big hit because there was a video that went viral in Detroit. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, where the, it, the Popeyes were on the news because one of the Popeyes was just, it was infested, oh, you disgusting. know, with bugs. Wow. And I don't even want to talk about it, but it went viral. And so from that video, Popeyes took a major hit. So for me personally, I was not surprised when this happened to Popeyes because you know, it just goes to show you that at some point in your life that you may take a big hit, you know? And there were so many people who took a hit, business owners who had nothing to do with that particular um, franchise or whatever, but because they were under that name, they too took a big hit. Their, their monies went down, and it just goes to show you that at some point in your life, you may be taking a hit for something that you didn't do. But if you just stay in the run long enough, that God will still find a way to increase you and bless you. And I just think that's just what happened with Popeye. They took a big hit, the company itself, because of what happened in the news last year. And then here's this chicken sandwich that did not take major marketing. And it, it didn't take that. And I don't think it take all of that when God has his hands in it to bless people. And I know you might be saying, blessing Popeye's chicken, yes, but God is in everything. So that's that's just mine. We get Popeye's here a lot of Common Ground Church. <laughs> we do. And, and I get in my household a lot. I love some fried chicken and so i i'm all for popeyes and i i say hey to eat your own and god bless you did something that i had told you man i'm a late night popeyes creeper i'll go there right before they close because you can order like a five-piece tender and you mm -hmm. you fill the box and you're like ooh, there's like six or seven extra tenders in there you're trying to get rid of <laughs> oh yeah man hey hey i'm just saying <laughs> if you gonna slide me a couple extra chicken tenders i will drive out the way to come to your place well, we'll keep up with Popeyes probably next week. Hopefully there's another new story about Popeyes, and we'll keep it going until they send us some free chicken over here and we can taste it on the show. Hey, that's a good idea, bro. We got to do, like, some, some, like, live tasting and have, like, a, a, like a, a side-by-side comparison. Do you like sandwich A or do you like sandwich B? Well, they, they did something like that. No, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about they. I'm talking about no, us. Right, but there was, <laughs> I want some chicken. There was a show, uh, a morning show that did it on television, but they didn't do sandwich A or sandwich B. They let it know which one was which. Yeah, I think you need to do like the yeah. Pepsi challenge and yeah. cover, cover the cup. But Pepsi, it, Pepsi, Pepsi. You got, you got. It's gotta be. It's gotta be blindfolded. Because I promise you, I can hit my mouth with blindfolded. Put I can put a chicken sandwich in my mouth without seeing it. So you gotta I be blindfolded, yes. So because your eyes will tell you. Looking, because I've seen, yeah, I've seen my fair share and like three other people's shares of Chick Fil A chicken sandwiches. Not, and I can look at that sucker and tell you that's a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich. Not, not to go off on another, but have you seen these videos that are they're popping off on YouTube where people are eating? And people watch the videos because of the sound. Just watch it eat. I love that. Yeah. So like this, this one, this one eating. woman, she eats a lot of um, seafood, like crab legs. So she the might have the, the cracking, the slurping from the butter, everything. Are people like, and it's a big, um, it's a big thing in Asia too. Mm -hmm. And Asians are doing it like it's a big thing. They'll they'll sit there and they'll. It's almost like when you enunciate your words when you're speaking, like, hello, my name is Rob Hunter. <laughs> but they're doing it in a hey, way that if y'all don't know, so like, 
the reason he did that, I'm, I'm going to give you a little background information on that. So when we first started this, Rob did a couple of test episodes and he sent it to us to try to see what we thought. And he had like this 1970s creeper voice. Like he was rolling in the big white mega van with a bag full of candy talking about, come here little kid. I was like, bro, it's so bad. You need to change your voice. You don't sound like that. I've known you long enough to know that that's not how you talk. Just be yourself. So that's why he said that. Right. Well, that's what they do. They, they let's say, enunciate their eating. They open their mouth nice and wide. If you they, just oh, watch really? It's almost like yeah. they have a microphone in yeah. their mouth because you can hear crunching and... Oh wow! Gushiness and yeah. you got, got, this is a real this thing. Is real. It's, it's, it's a trend you on YouTube. Films. You've yeah. watched these. Yeah. I've watched a couple of them in it. And, Not and these, just that you can't watch them on. The only, I'm just saying you, you've watched yes. you've watched one. The of only these. thing it does for me is makes me hungry. Really? Yeah. I, you know what? It could be irritating though. It, it can You're be. sitting there like okay. if you really had to see somebody sitting up there smacking and just 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 imagine. Okay, I'll give you like an example. Like we're sitting here and I'm like, that, really? That's exactly what it is. Seriously, yeah, and, like it's and just it's, so good, and, and they're banking, they're making money mm. off of this, mm, this because the people are living like, yeah, it's the sound, just it's like the, that, bro, like, just like that. I could be a multi millionaire, yes, you can. Right. <laughs> Have you ever seen me eat? It's, it's, <laughs> oh, they'll probably, it ain't, it ain't what, what gets me is that usually eating something exotic. Right. Or something good like lobster or crab legs, like we were saying. Something. And I'm sitting at home with my ramen noodles, <laughs> and I'm just jealous. With a hot dog cut up. In yeah, there. that they're just eating like steak and shrimp, and I'm like, with some red lime. You have some red lime fried I, up I in like there. I like my ramen. I don't need your good food. No, but Popeyes, your chicken sandwich is good. Yeah. Chick Fil A, I love you. But step up your game. That's what you got to do. You got to step up your game. Or lower the price. Or lower the price. Yeah. That's it, because they're beating you in size. They're beating you in price. Oh, the Popeye's sandwich is bigger? It's bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. It is. Oh, Popeye's it is. It's crunchier. Bigger. It's crunchier. You know what? It's crunchier. Yes. Yeah. When I leave here, uh -oh. Popeye's is on the way home. Uh -oh. <laughs> Popeye's is on the way home. Uh -oh. I'm just saying, if they got a chicken sandwich, I'll let you know next week what it's, what it's about. What it sounds like. Yeah, I'll record myself eating it. And next, we're going in our oh, interview. I'm just kidding. I ain't doing that. We're going in our interview with J.C. Perez. And before I end the news, I just want to touch on what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with the Walmart story. I just want to let it known: don't get it twisted. I'm all for arming yourselves. I'm not anti-gun. I'm not anti-bullets. I just think that you should be properly trained if you're carrying a gun. That's all I say. I could walk into a pawn shop right now here in Florida, show them my ID. I have no criminal record, and I can walk out with a handgun. I've never shot a handgun in, I say never, it's been 19, 20 years. I'm not properly trained. I might shoot my foot off. I might shoot myself in the leg. You go Barney Fife yourself. I you? might do that. But if I'm walking around a store with a gun, even though I'm licensed to carry, I think you should be pop properly trained, and that's what I'm getting at. And I think Walmart is doing something to help those people feel a little bit safer because they've had two mass shootings there. And it's a sad thing that's going on with these shootings. I think they're they're taking a step in the right direction, but they're getting flack for caving to the left or caving to whoever because of propaganda and that's all I want to be known. I'm all for it and JC Perez is going to come on and we're going to interview him and he's going to tell you what he thinks and it's going to be beautiful and that was your news.
Would you please welcome our special guest? All right, everyone, we're here with JC Perez. He is the founder of Strong Life Raw Promotions, a Christian-based company that promotes Christian hip-hop artists and Christian musicians. Uh, JC, I really appreciate you coming on the show to talk to us today. Um, JC is a former uh, serviceman. He served in the military. He has a strong patriotic pride for our country, which I really respect, and we stand on a lot of the same stances, and uh, so I just want to ask you outright, uh, why is it so important for us to have the right to bear arms? Hey, great question, man. You know, I mean, the obvious is, of course, for personal protection. You know, you don't want to be caught off guard if somebody comes into your house, or you're at a place, and and, and you don't have protection, and the way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And I know we've all heard that, but it's the truth. Let's face it. But it's even more important to understand the history behind bearing arms. And my family, I have a unique perspective because my family comes from Cuba. And one of the first things that Fidel Castro did when he took over power was he convinced the people that, why, why do we need guns? You know, if we're all good people here, why do we need guns? And he stripped the people from the guns. Well, as soon as he did that, that gave him the means and that gave him the teeth to sink his teeth on the public. And then as soon as he did that, he started going after his his rivals. And of course, he sacrificed and, and, and killed and tortured a lot of people. And if you follow history, you know, you look at all the communists. That's what they've done. Uh, the first thing that they have to do is disarm the population. They have to convince the population that you don't need your arms. I mean, look at right now what's happening. I just saw a video this morning, go go figure, of a, a concealed carry permit guy in Walmart just walking around his gun, and I guess, I guess somebody saw the bulge and called the cops on him. All of a sudden, he gets surrounded by seven officers, and, and one of the officers, instead of taking the right of the, of, of the Constitution, which states, you know, you should make no law infringing your right to bear arms, he goes after the dude and starts to like almost insulting the guy. And let me tell you something. I, I honestly, I feel better when there is 50, 60 people with guns that know how to use them and are law abiding. And I guarantee you that a lot of these school shootings and these mass shootings that are happening everywhere, if people had guns that knew how to use them, and we're good people, as soon as a, one of these guys go into a Walmart and decide to go shoot up a place and they get stopped by 15 guys and ladies with guns and they get shot up, the second guy will think a little bit differently to come into Walmart. And that's why they pick these locations because they know they're not nobody's allowed to have guns. And so you have to understand the totalitary um, of the situation. And the right to bear arms is a right It's a right. It's a God-given right. And if we start losing these rights, one by one, if you look at, if you just go down the list of just the first 10, which is the Bill of Rights, right? If you look at the first 10, one by one, they're under attack. And the, the thing that holds them all together is that Second Amendment. Because in Cuba, let me give you an example. In Cuba, they have the right for freedom of speech. But go ahead and go and protest in the middle of the streets and see what happens. Matter of fact, there's a lot of videos for those that want to check it out. Go on to YouTube. There's a lot of videos of protesters, Cuban protesters coming out against the system. 
And what do they do? Right away, the cops, the secret police comes over, kicks the guy's butt or the girl's butts, take them in the car, and they disappear them. And they either wind up in jail or you never see them again. This is the kind of stuff that happens in a, in a, in a society where only the government and the criminals have the guns. So if you're not aware of that, man, I implore you to go and check out, check out these videos and go out and research this stuff. You know, I remember when I, when I was uh, researching about guns and, and what really, what, what, what was the agendas all about? I came across this video with Eric Holder in like the 1990s giving a speech. I forgot where it was, but you can find it in, in YouTube. Just type in Eric Holder brainwashed, where he's giving a, a speech on how we need to brainwash the children on anti-gun messages. Not, not, not yearly, not weekly, not monthly, but daily. Here you have a, 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 a person that was that was that lifted up his arm to uphold the Constitution and is literally going against the Constitution. Because a lot of these people have agendas. And when you have when you are a a, a person that is in, in power and is in the government, your number one obligation is to uphold the Constitution regardless if you agree with it or not. Constitution is the law of the land, and there was very, very smart people that created that document, and all you have to do is read it to understand how smart these people were, um, and the things that they were going through, and, and, and furthermore, I'm going to leave it here, the whole reason why the, the founding fathers enacted that second amendment in the Constitution, that's why it's the second, that's why it's so important, it was, it was up there close to one, um, it's the reason, if you read their writings, is if, if the people, if the government ever got too big to where they wanted to overthrow the people, the people would have a means to defend themselves. And again, think about the places where that, that's not happened, where they've convinced the people to disarm themselves. What happens next? And all you have to see is, man, listen, look at, look at the society that we live in. Look at the government that we live in. Where, I know this is a little bit off topic, but where they literally, let's take another topic like global warming where you have literal anchors on television and politicians saying that if you don't believe in global warming, that it's man-made, that you should be arrested. So when you have a society of people, of authoritarians, talking that crap, we can't have people disarmed. Because the next step, once they disarm you, if those kind of people are in power, the next step is, bye-bye, you're gone. You disappeared. And so, man, great question, man. And I... And, and I, and I hope that, that, that people really do their due diligence. And if you have a Cuban around you, if there's a Cuban uh, friend that you have, or if you don't know a Cuban friend, find one, because they're all over the freaking place. Find a Cuban friend and ask him how, how Cuba has been able to stay a dictatorship for over 60 years, even after Fidel's death. Why? Because the people are disarmed. And how, you can't fight people that are armed with sticks and bats. That's impossible. All right, thank you, brother. And I definitely agree with all that. I appreciate that answer. Now, do you feel that with all the support going for gun control, for abortion, for the LGBTQ community, that Christianity is under attack here in America? Yeah, Rob, I mean, I don't feel it. I know it. I mean, I mean you would have to be silly not to know it. I mean, literally, literally, we're, we are calling Christians who have a, a form of belief because of what's written in the Bible, because we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and we believe that God has certain principles and certain things that we should follow. 
And because we believe those beliefs, they call our speech hate speech. You can't talk about gay people. You can't talk about certain things that's in the Bible because it's considered hate speech. Come on now. This is silly talk here. We can, we can agree to disagree. Jesus walked with everybody. He hated the sin, but not the sinner. And so, specifically, since you hit up on the LGBTQ community, and I don't want to disrespect it because there's all those letters that's funny to me, but I believe specifically that community there, and I have a special little thing with that community because my sister is gay, and my sister's my older sister. She's like my second mom. And many times in my life when I was going through issues in, in, in Miami, Florida, where I grew up, Northwest Miami, shout out to the 305, where I grew up out there, it was tough. So my sister would come and, and kind of rescue me from time to time when I was really getting into it. And I would have to live with her for some time. My sister was also the one that would give me the beat downs when I would, you know, when I needed them. And I needed them big time. And so her and her partner kind of molded me into somewhat of the way I am today. I mean, there was many people that did that. But they were definitely part of it. And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here today. So I love gay people and I love the gay community like I love all communities. But for me to say, hey, I disagree with your lifestyle or disagree with being gay because not because of my personal belief, because that's what the word of God says. That shouldn't be like Xing me out and not and not liking me or, or not being tolerant of my views. What about tolerance for my views? See, I, I think the, the LGBTQ community has allowed the fringes, the radical fringes of that movement to take over over, and, and now are speaking for the whole community. And I think that's a bad deal because nowadays, most Christians, let's just face it, most people in general, Christian or not Christian, don't really care if you're gay or straight or bi or trans or whatever you are. They don't care. As long as you, you carry yourself in a certain way, we don't care. We, we judge a, a character. We don't judge. I mean, I love Martin Luther King for that reason, for his quotes, you know, for what he, what he believed in, what he stood for. And you judge a man not by the, the, the uh, by, by what he, or you judge a man by his character, basically, is what I'm trying to say here. Uh, and so we don't have a problem. We're not, nobody's walking out of sight waiting for, for uh, in a club, outside of a gay club, beating up gays anymore. Nobody's uh, not giving jobs because we're gay anymore. Nobody's really, you know, um, hurting the gay community like that more. Is there people like that? For sure. There's always going to be people with hateful hearts and hateful minds, just like people are still always going to be racist and that's always going to exist. But the majority of the people are not. And so, yeah, we're under attack. Yeah, we're under attack. And so is even that community is under attack. Because again, most people see what, the, what the, the fringe element of that community has done is that not only is it okay, not only do they want Christians to be okay with them being gay, because most Christians are, we don't really care, right? We have our own families, we have our own deals, and everybody has somebody that's gay in the family nowadays, because now it's cool to come out. So everybody has somebody, so nobody, nobody has a problem with people being gay. What they have a problem with is shoving it down our throats, and not only that, but wanting us to say, it's okay. Wanting us to say, hey, the word of God is wrong, and it's okay that you're doing it right, and it's okay what you're doing. That's what they want. And that will never happen. As a gay, as a, as a gay, as a Christian man, you're never going to see me agree with that. 
Now, I can love you as a gay person. I can love you as a trans person or whatever type of person you are. I can love you as that person. But I don't have to agree with your lifestyle. And you don't have to agree with mine. But we can still come to common ground and talk and hash it out and love each other. Instead of this this division that I see that's happening with the fringes. That's what they're doing is dividing people. Because, again, they want people to accept it 100. To agree with it. Gay is not a sin. No, it is a sin. The Word of God says it. Not I don't say it. The Word of God says it. And so as a believer, if you believe that, you are now known as a hate speaker. You you speak hate. And, and yes, we are under attack, most definitely. Because nowadays, you know, you can't even speak just common truth without being, you know, politically incorrect and people coming at you from all sides. Um, trying to beat you down So um, Yeah You're asking me if uh, America's under attack Well America Not only America But the world Because this is a global movement I mean the devil's truly in control of this world And this is not an America situation This is a global situation Because the devil is truly trying to make What's right wrong And what's right What's wrong right Like it says in the Bible And so I mean, I implore you guys, man, to look at that book, and, and even if you don't believe in it, look at it and read what it says, and I guarantee you there's going to be things in there that you're going to say, wow, I didn't even know that was in there. <laughs> wow, really good stuff. Now, do you feel that America is still the best environment for Christians? Yeah, I would say America is the best place, uh, the best environment uh, for a Christian today. And uh, But I would say, again, this is not a, an America issue. This is a global issue. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to go down and you go follow some of these other countries where they literally throw gays off the buildings, off the roof of buildings, yeah, I would say that our country uh, is, is probably the best place to be. If you're a Christian, if you're gay, if you're straight, if you're if you're a trans, if you're if you're black, if you're white, it's the best place to be overall. Period. And all you have to do is travel the world a little bit, or or do some research about the world, and you'll know that that is the case. I mean, America is not perfect by no means. Um, you know, I, I love the way they bash America for slavery. Meanwhile, slavery happened all over the world. And so, yeah, America is not the best, it wasn't the best place at that time, but just like the world wasn't the best place at that time. But I think we've moved on from, from all of that. And we've definitely, if you look at just the obsession of America, which is a little bit over 200 years, look at we've, what, what we've accomplished in those 200 years. And the problem is nobody's asking themselves, why is that? Why, why is America, a, a, a young country, in less than 300 years, been able to accomplish what no other country in the world has, and they've been around for thousands of years in some cases. And that, I believe, is our, our love for freedom and our love for God is the two major reasons why even the pilgrims came over here. I mean, their religious beliefs, their religious freedoms, and just wanting to be free. And that's the reason why we even had an, a, a war of independence, was to be free. And so, yeah, by no means... Is this a perfect place? But we are the best place around. And the beautiful thing about America is that we're always trying to improve. We're always getting better. You look at the 60s and what was happening around the 60s. Well, you look at the 20s and what was happening in the 20s. The 60s was better. And you look at what's happening now. Now is better than the 60s. But I love how the mainstream media and the politicians 
uh, work hand in hand together to tell us that no, that we live in basically like we were living in in the 1800s here. And uh, all you have to, I mean, come on, guys, we we gotta be a little bit smarter than this. We gotta use some discernment and some common sense to realize that people are trying to really divide uh, uh, this nation. And this nation cannot succeed. No nation can succeed. No house can succeed if it's divided amongst itself. And yeah, again, this nation is not perfect by no means, but we are the best. We are the best ever. Now, is is racism? Is, is there still racism around? Sure, there is. There's fringes. There's fringe elements in every in every aspect. You're never gonna get rid of that. Let me let me let you into a little secret. You're never gonna get rid of that. But it's it's so fringy that they don't even even come out anymore. Because they know that they're fringy. They know that they're out there in the woods by themselves. So as long as they're not in power, and as long as they're not they're not taking control of certain situations and things, and um, I think we're in the right path. And and again, see racism, hate, and every form of uh, yeah, every form of just hate and, and racism is a heart condition. It's a heart problem. It's a problem also of the mind, you know, of, of certain environments where you grew up and, and how you think and the people you hung around with, what they thought, and they passed that on to you. Um, but that condition can be changed. That can that condition can be changed if as you as you get closer to your Christian beliefs. And I'm talking to specific Christians here because this is a Christian show, right? You know, as you get closer to God, you should start eliminating the, the black and white. I see too many of us believers still with the, oh, is Jesus black? Was he black? Was he white? And these are very, these are Christians. Listen, I don't care if Jesus was black, brown, yellow, Asian. I'm sorry, Christ. Christ is Christ, man. As you as you get closer to your spirituality by reading that Bible and getting in that word, you stop. You should stop looking at people with solely by color. I mean, if you're doing that. Obviously, you're not in that word. Obviously, you're not seeking God and asking God for wisdom and guidance. Because if all you see is color, even as believer, you're not in that word, man. Because let me let you on another little secret. Christ was not black, white, or whatever. He was Jewish. And you, all you got to do is to, to, to kind of get in a glimpse of what uh, God looked like. Just look at what Jewish people looked like back in those days. That, that'll give you an example. And yeah, they were probably brownish. Uh, um, brownish, whitish, blackish They were a little bit darker probably But regardless, he was a Jewish guy He wasn't black, he wasn't white He wasn't Cuban, he wasn't Latino And even to get into those conversations To me is very silly Because again, the closer you get to God The more you start looking at people With color And you start looking at them through through, through Character And even, even with bad characters You start just looking at people through love Through the lens of love and that's what we should be striving for as Christians instead of uh, instead of the division that we got going on here in this country and in around the world. Because again, the devil is in control of this world. And so we have to be wiser than this. And the only reason we're not wise is because they got us transformed. They got us hypnotized with these these gadgets, with this television, with this with this uh, um, internet. And so we, 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 the internet and the television in itself is not evil. It's actually good for you depending on what you do it with. Just the same way as the gun is not evil depending on who's holding the gun. An inanimate object is not evil. It's the people that are behind the thing. And so as a, 
as a believer, man, this is one thing that I, I, I always teach my kids and my, my people in my family, my, my younger kids, my nieces and nephews, is you have to learn how to take control of your mind. And the way you can, the only way you can do that is you have to start eliminating the bad and bringing in the good. And so that means you have to eliminate as much as possible that television to, to watch silly programs, to watch the football, to watch the baseball, to watch the American Idols. Yeah, you might be able to get away with that maybe an hour or two a week. That's cool because everybody has to unwind. But if you're the average American that's watching four to five hours of television every night, you're basically not living life. You're, you're just existing. And when you're doing that, the devil is totally in control of your life because all the stuff that you're watching is basically, there's messaging in there. And all those messages are going into your mind. So guess what thoughts you're going to have when, the, when you turn off that television? You know, when you're watching Housewives of Beverly Hills um, and you see all that drama that unfolds, when you turn that television off, those thoughts don't turn off. Those thoughts are now starting to come into mind. And so you have to be smarter than that. You have to be, you have to use discernment and understand that we are literally under attack. We're under warfare and the warfare is literally in the mind. So we have to start eliminating the most we can the bad and then bring in the good. One of the things that, that I do every day, and I've learned this through a lot of uh, mentors that I've had in my life, and most of them have been virtual mentors, is to you create your, your, your life is created by the habits and rituals that you form every day. And so if every day you come home, think about this, guys. If every day you come home and you pop in, you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you put secular music on, which is all talking about booty and money and, and, uh, and, and living this, this, uh, this sinful life and it's glorifying it. And then you get in your car, you do the same thing. And then when you're at work, you're talking to people that that's all they watch and that's all they listen to because those are the people that you hang out with because those are the people that, of course, are going to be cool with you. And then when you leave work, you drive back and you're listening to the same music. And then when you get home, you turn on the television and you're listening to the same crap. I mean, it, 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 it takes no rocket science to understand that, that what comes into your mind and, and if that's all you're feeding your mind, what you're going to come out is just crap. And then this is most believers too. And then they think that if they go to church on Sundays... Now that's it, that they did their part. And no, that's, that's, those are the people, I'm telling you guys, this is the part where, where when Jesus said, you know, uh, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I don't know you. These are the people that are going to go. And I, and I tell this to people, I don't even know why this came up because this is not even part of the question, right? But I say this because I want to save souls. I don't want you guys to go with that place that the devil's going. That's not a place that was made for human beings, for self, for souls, it's a place that was meant for the fallen angels and the devil himself. And we don't want to go there, man. And we have to, be, we have to come on. We have to come, uh, rise up to the level of, of warfare that we're under and understand it before we can start fixing it. And so your life, is, your life will, will, turn to, will turn out to be based on all the rituals and habits that you do daily. So if that's all you do is watch television and listen to secular music, your life is going nowhere, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Show me a successful person that that's what they do. No, they don't do that. Matter of fact, successful people, and I'm not talking about monetary success only. I'm talking about success in every aspect of your life. What they have done is that they have formed rituals and, and they have formed rituals in their life that benefit their life. And so one of the things that I do every morning is when I wake up in the morning and I am, first thing I do, of course, I'm, I just thank God for, for just being awoken. 
That's the first thing I do. I, the second thing I do, I go to my daughter's room and I see them sleeping. And I thank God and I hover over them thanking God for, for having them in my life. But then I ask God to use them. To use them. and, and to, So I, I, I pray that God uses them as a vehicle for, for His will. The second, the third thing I do is when I'm taking a shower or I'm getting ready in the morning, I, got, I go on YouTube and I pop in God Motivation. And so when you pop in on YouTube, there's going to be a thousand videos that are empowering, that are uplifting, that you're going to hear people tell you how powerful you are and how great you are because you come from this almighty God. And because you come from that almighty God, you are amazing and you are special. Not the latter. Where they, I know even believers tell us that we're not special. No, we are special. If you're a human being, you are, you are truly special. You are divine. Because you come from the likeness of that almighty creator. And so you have to start creating those type of rituals. That's my morning ritual. And then when I get in my car, I don't listen to music. I pop in again. I, 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 the same thing I was listening in the morning, I hadn't finished it. I pop it in the car. So my 10-minute drive, I'm listening to godly stuff. And then when I'm working all day, I'm a truck driver. So again, I, I, I'm continuing that all, all day. When I get home, I don't watch television. I'm working for the Lord. Now, most of you don't know me because nobody knows me here, right? But I, apart from the fact that I'm a truck driver, I also promote, I'm a promoter for Christian artists. And so I don't spend my time playing around watching TV, watching the football game. I don't even know what season we're on when we're in the season. So I, a lot of times I go with my friends, oh, what happened with the buck? Dude, what season are we on? We're in the seventh season? Wow, I don't watch a game. I don't watch none of that stuff because I'm too busy either feeding my mind with good stuff or working for the Lord. Now, of course, I'm a different animal. I'm built differently. Not all of you are. But, so I'm not telling you, and I'm not criticizing you or judging anybody that wants to watch a little TV or, or wants to hear a little bit of music. I'm just saying, be aware of it, that we are literally on the warfare, and the devil has used these systems to get into your mind. And once he gets these messages in your mind, that's it. To get them out is almost impossible. And that was that was the whole thing with Adam and Eve, too. You know, because once you bite into the apple of, of truth and knowledge, uh, then you're aware of things and you just can't get them out. You've been red-pilled, basically. And when you're red-pilled, you can't get some certain information out. So, guys, hey, God bless you, man. Rob, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. Um, I hope that I was able to impact some somebody. If I can impact one person, I hope I did so today, man. So, if you all want to reach out to me, you can find me at Strong Life Raw Facebook or Strong Life Raw Instagram. With that said, man, your boy JC Perez is the way I always leave everything I say. Peace, baby! Wow, JC, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, don't forget, check out his webpage on Instagram. It's Strong Life Raw. Great company, Christian-based. We should be supporting all Christian companies no matter what they are. Thank you so much for your time, man. Much love and God bless, brother. And here we are with Kenny B and Sports. Well, really, I'm just going to touch on two sports for right now because they're the, kind of the main two ones that are going. Baseball's drawing to an end. Yankees are in first in their division. Twins are in first in their division. Houston, Atlanta, St. Louis, and L.A. 
are all leading their divisions. Coming to the close of the season, keep an eye on that. It's going to be fun to watch. But what I really wanted to talk about is football. Okay. Football season just started. Football season just started, but there's a very interesting story that's going on. At least it's interesting to me. Okay. We have a player who was very outspoken about not liking the team that he was on. So he was moved to a different team, the Oakland Raiders. And he was moved from the Oakland Raiders. He was moved from Pittsburgh to the Oakland Raiders. Okay, yes. And then he went from Oakland Raiders to New England Patriots. Now, why I find this interesting is we see every year, no matter what sport it is, baseball, football, basketball, these guys have contract debates with these teams that go on for months that they can't agree with. Okay? This guy, Antonio Brown, AB, AB, whatever you want to call him, gets his release from the Oakland Raiders and within three hours has a deal signed with the New England Patriots. I smell collusion. Well, let me just... I, and I bring this story up in case you folks don't know. We might lose some listeners over this, but <laughs> I, Rob Hunter, am a die-hard New England Patriots fan. Yes. Okay? So in my book, it goes God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, and then Tom Brady. Okay? Oh, wow. That's how it goes. And I'm Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Bob Kraft. That's how it goes in my house, okay? I love my family. I love my kids. But right underneath my family and the Lord himself. Oh, man. Something is out of order. Tom Brady. Something is okay? out of order. You see, now, you see why I brought this up? See, now, you know. you, I, I brought this up for a reason because now. I knew. That <laughs> because we women know that our husbands, you know. Now, when you have the greatest quarterback in sports today. I'm not going to say of Joe all Montana. Time, in sports day. Oh, okay. I'm not going to say of all time. I'm not going to disrespect other quarterbacks that are out there that uh, as the league has changed rules and changed things, you can't compare stats. Correct. Dan Marino, great quarterback. Joe Montana, great quarterback. Warren Moon, great quarterback. Guys that the league have changed around. Even, um, I'm not even going to go there with names, but. We're talking about Antonio Brown. But what I'm saying is that when you have a guy like Tom Brady, who is the greatest playing today, the greatest quarterback, and he has friends all over the league, and he wants a weapon for his arsenal, you give him what he wants. And that, my friends, is <laughs> Antonio Brown. Okay? You can call it collusion. You can call it cheating as you want to call We're a bunch of cheaters, but guess what? Six rings, hold them up. And that's eight. Are you but, holding up eight fingers? Well, because <laughs> we're going to get another one this year, and it's hard to hold up three on this fan. But six rings on our fingers with the same quarterback. So, but, okay, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, how does it happen so fast? When it takes so much time for anyone else to get a deal done, 
if they weren't already in talks is all well, I'm saying. Of course, I'm not going to deny they were already in talks because I uh, I will throw in a name there, Ab Sheffer, who was a New England sports guy. He reported even before this weekend when Saturday when this happened that there was talks of Antonio Brown being interested in going to New England. If there was another team that he was going to want to go to, it'd be New England. And let it be known, if you know about New England, we don't pay the big bucks in New England. We don't pay. You come there to do your job, play ball, and get a championship. That's what New England's about. He got a great deal for one year. He lost $30 million. I don't know if the deal was already done. They knew what was going on, but some shenanigans were played around with uh, Antonio Brown in Oakland and cursing at people and telling the general manager where he could go and all this stuff. And his coach, John Gruden, stood up for him because he wanted him there. But A.B. didn't want to be there. For whatever reason that may be, God has shown his mercy and God has given us Antonio Brown on the New England Patriots. (laughs) Do you think that that sets a good example for future dealings? So let's say someone else doesn't like their team they can go in and cuss out the front office so that they can get released so that they can go to a team that they want to be on well here's the, th- here's the thing I don't I don't know all the NFL rules when it comes to contracts I don't know if you are going to be a free agent if you can have a place a deal a, uh, a deal sort of in place with another team I know he wasn't a free agent but it seemed like he did whatever he needed to do to get off of that team right and, and if and if you're going to go somewhere. Now listen, Bill Belichick did not put up with shenanigans. We've seen it in the past. We've seen players like Randy Moss, a very open player with his lifestyle and, 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 his, and his news interviews. We've seen Albert Hainsworth, one of the baddest of the bad, going to the team. We've seen James Harrison going to that team for a year, play his heart out. We've seen... Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco play there for a year. He does not put up with antics, so they, that's why they gave him a one-year deal. They paid him some dollars, which probably came out of Brady's salary, which he does for his players because he's so giving. He's giving <laughs> Tom Brady. I love him. He just loves Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady. I'm not going to... So, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to steal your moniker, Trigger. No. But I knew that I was. I knew that I was going there. You triggered. You triggered (laughs) on me. You triggered on me. I I knew it. I was waiting for this when he told me to do sports. I was. I was. I was drooling waiting for this conversation. Let it be known, I'm not a bandwagon guy. I was watching in 2000 when Bloodsoe went down. I was a huge Bloodsoe fan. I can tell you his original contract was for $11 million. It was a great contract, okay? It was for five years, and that time in the late 90s into the 2000s was a good football contract. He was supposed to be the next big thing, Drew, Drew Bloodsoe. He comes in, first game, gets hit, goes out for the season, in comes Tom Brady. Went in the 16th round, right? The 16th round of the draft. Wasn't He went to Michigan, but he wasn't a... a a starter. He wasn't uh, the guy who thought he was going to be. He worked hard. He did his job. In his first year, went to a Super Bowl and won it. And then he went the next two and three years, he went to the Super Bowl and won him. He's had some downtime, but you've got to give it to the guy. He knows how to play the game. 
and he knows how to play the game. We're not. It's not a. It's not a Tom Brady love fest. We're talking well, about. I mean, I'm gonna be like. Oh. We're talking about it's pump the brakes a little <laughs> but, bit. We're but, talking about my my question is, it was there something that was done that was behind the scenes that shouldn't have been done because how did this contract get done within three hours? I don't know if it's three shouldn't have hours, been done, but something was definitely done. Something was definitely done. Twenty million. <laughs> well, he knew he was, Antonio Brown knew he was going to be losing money when he left and went whatever was in his contract for his guaranteed money and his I keep saying the word shenanigans the shenanigans that he pulled from shenanigans, shenanigans. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how well, do you get all of this money for just carrying a ball up some grass down the street a couple of miles like Hey man, I agree with you. With all that. of this money. No, I, I agree I, I, with you on that. I, I think a lot of these players, um, I know they sacrifice their body, but that is a big sacrifice. Your we have. Um, they know what they're getting into when they play football. You know not the risks. Yeah, you, not, you know, they don't think so. They you don't know think. the risks when you're playing high school ball and college ball. You know you have a risk to get hurt. You know that you have a risk not to play again. Just like when you sign up to join. Our armed service services. When you join the military, you join the army, the navy, the air force. You know that some stuff might go down, and you might not be coming back from it. But do we pay these guys millions of dollars? No. no. But they put their lives online. Police Which I officers. think it should be switched. Exactly. I think that there's no glory in the military, though. But but even there should be though. There I, should be. I agree. There should be glory for police for, officers, teachers. Firefighters, the, right. those things. So we right. glorify these people, and we've turned football yes. into a Sunday religion. Yes. Right where I wanted it to go. We've turned, we've turned, we've turned football into a Sunday religion where you have people who will miss church yes. in the fall time because the game's they're, on. Their fantasy players are they'll, playing. They'll right. miss, they'll miss yeah. uh, that Sunday night service in uh, February when that big game's on the Super Bowl. Oh, no, I've been at a church to visit, and before they could even get out of church good, they just turned everybody around and turned the screen on and said, we're going to watch football here. Well, that's, I mean, I know that in uh, certain churches they do Super Bowl parties, which is fine, because you're doing something as your church family. And you're still glorifying God in a way because you're in the church and you're watching something. But to take away from where we should be on Sunday and being in God's Word, especially on Sunday. Sunday is the beginning of the week and we give God our first. We don't give it to the football players. I like football, but I will not trade God for football. You love football. I love football, but you won't see me, you won't see me missing a service here at church on a Sunday. For football, no, I get you, and and that's exactly. I'm going to get done by one o'clock, so I'm going to watch the game. <laughs> but no, but I have commitments here at church. I I take on um, extracurricular duties coming up, where I'm going to miss games that aren't aren't at nighttime. I'm going to miss afternoon games, and you know what? It's not something that I suffer for. I don't suffer because I miss these games. I don't cry because I can't watch these games because. Giving glory to God is what it's all about. And that's what we're here on the show doing. We're giving glory to God. And there was something wrong going on with this. I agree with you. Antonio Brown wanted to go somewhere. 
He contacted the right people. He got it done. I don't know what he had to do to get where he went. I know he had to get some frostbite and he had to get some helmet uh, controversy going on. And he, you know, started stuff with the front office there in Oakland. But he got where he needed to go. I can't wait to see what he does with New England because I'm a New England fan. But I won't be missing my church service to watch Antonio Brown catch a football. So I, I brought that up because I wanted it to go there. I wanted it to go to the idol right. side where, right. where, where football is an idol. Right. But I also wanted to take it to a place where, and I know I'm guilty of this as well, is we as Christians need to understand that we have to operate on God's timing. Um, we need to move when God tells us to move, not when we want to move. Right. And I've done it before. I'm sure I'll do it again before my time here on earth is up where I want something and I want a certain thing and I'm just going to say, you know, I, I got this because and, and move when I shouldn't. And it's not going to be in God's will. Right. And and things will happen and it won't turn out right because it's not where I'm supposed to be. Right. But I wanted it to take it there too so that we could parallel and show that just because you want something and you want to make a move in your life, we have to go to God and say, God, is this where you want me to go? Is this, is this the move that I need to make? That was where I wanted to go with it. Of course, I knew I was going to get you fired up, and I, and I knew I was going to get. But I you wanted did. bring. You I did. wanted to to circle around through the back so that we could break this back to and and, and get into a discussion about God because this is how this is how human beings work. Right. We think that we we you know sometimes I call it ATM God. We go, hey God, I need this, and just say hello, and here's right. my pin number. I need this. Um, but we need to be in constant communication so that we know and, and that we can listen when God says, you know what, no, now's not the right time. Stay where you're at. Even though it may not be right. what we want. It may not be pleasing to our flesh, right. but if we know that if we're in God's will, then, okay, then something is coming along better. Right. Um, that's that's kind of where I wanted to go. Kenny, you gave up. You said, I was listening to you earlier, and you said about, is that a good example? Yeah. To, you know, go off and, and go off that kind of way. And then here's another team pick you up with that bad behavior and allowing other people to say, you know what, maybe I can take this route as well. Yeah. And so that's a good point that sometimes when, when things get bad and we get into a bad situation, we automatically start looking for a way out. Correct. And, and it's not always that God is shifting us because it's gotten bad. Uh, there are some times that it gets bad and God wants to break us in the midst of that situation to transform us. We got to go through the fire. And we have to go through and sometimes yes. we don't want to. And so we can for escape. And what happens is. You have somebody else on the other end sees an opportunity to get something that they think is great. I mean, as far, far as I'm reading, he's like one of the best wide receivers or yes. something. So in the midst of his 
acting up, somebody else sees it as a great opportunity to get him and be able to offer him things to get him, but not knowing that if you get somebody from somewhere that they're not supposed to be, not understanding that what you think is going to be great is not going to work for you because he's out of season, out of time, and he's right. moving for the wrong reason that exactly. may not be a God reason. Exactly. That's that's where I wanted to go with this. I wanted to take it to there. Thank you very much. That is exactly what I was thinking. Sorry that I had to. <laughs> no. I, had to, I knew no. I knew I was going to be jumping on your heartstrings a little bit, no, but I knew I, that I knew that if we went there and got you fired up, it would circle around and we could get into where I truly wanted to go. I'm honest, and I, with my listeners, uh, I'm a Bible student. I've been going to Bible school for a year now. I've only been walking with God, back with God for about a year and a half. Um, before that, I, I was on a uh, uh, a 14-year hike by myself. Well, I thought I was by myself, but God was right behind me um, or beside me, but I just didn't care to recognize him. During that time, you wouldn't have caught me in a church on a Sunday when Tom Brady was playing. But all joking aside, Tom Brady's great, but my God is greater. And I, I, I wouldn't trade uh, my God... For anybody to join my team. So I'll be in here Sunday worshiping the Lord, learning God's Word, teaching the kids, do what I gotta do to service God and His kingdom. And that's what we gotta do when it comes down to it. And when you take something like football, which is a game, it's a simple game that we've turned into a new religion. Right. Mm-hmm. We have traditions with this game. We cook certain foods for this game. We dress up a certain way. We act up. I mean, you right. can't get these people to paint their Tailgate face and, and, and come in woo-ha for worship right. on a Sunday, but you'll sell out a 20,000-person right. stadium in a snap. Oh. Right. Okay. So we gotta we gotta paint crosses on our face and come in and just buckle. <laughs> right, out of the right. I like that. You know, you know like, I heard I heard a joke. Uh, we can know. have like uh, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ on our shirts with, with uh, like three sixteen or our favorite verse number. Right. I, yeah. I heard a joke where the, the guy was talking to one guy. How come you're not as passionate about church as you are football? He goes, why don't you bring that in here? And the guy says, well, I did, but they tried to kick me out. He goes, well, what'd you do? Well, I dumped a cooler of water over the pastor when he was done speaking. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> but pastor B, you got that coming, bro. So you know, it's going it's going down. And I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for our church to let us come in here and do this. I'm grateful for everything. And... I will not give up my church or my God for football. And I think that's something that even football fans need to reevaluate. And there's a whole other topic we can get into next week on sports with certain people uh, protesting during their... their, their um, we're not even going to get into that. It's too long to get into. But we need to start thinking about... Instead of boycotting it for those reasons, to boycotting it for God and bringing church back on Sundays and God back on Sundays because it's our first. Amen.
special presentation of The Way Today at the Movies. So this week I got to see the movie Blinded by the Light. Uh, this was a really interesting movie. It's something, it's based off a true story of Jarev Khan, who um, I didn't get a chance to do a lot of his background, but I'll tell you about the movie. But he has seen Bruce Springsteen over 150 times, and this movie was the story about the beginning of his journey into Bruce Springsteen. Um, it wasn't a Christian movie, but it was just as clean as a Christian movie. There was no cursing. There was no real violence. There was no sexual immorality. Nothing dirty going on in this movie. I was very impressed by the movie. The music was great. The singing was great. Yes, there was singing. It was almost like a musical at times where they broke into song from uh, Bruce Springsteen. Anyway, let me tell you a little bit about the movie. It's about Jarev, who is a Pakistani... Uh, I don't want to say immigrant because he was born in England. His father was an immigrant to England in the 1980s. Uh, Jarrah was um, 16 at the time in the movie. He um, was going through some stuff in his life. He was an inspiring writer. And uh, he was going to community college. And his the recession in England was going bad. His dad lost his job and they needed money. And he thought he wasn't going to be able to go to school. And he bumped into this guy and at school and dropped his Walkman. If you don't know what a Walkman is, it's a device that we used to listen to cassette tapes on with headphones. Anyway, uh, and the guy dropped his Bruce Springsteen tape and he asked him who that was and he introduced him to Bruce Springsteen. And uh, Bruce Springsteen's music really touched uh, Jarev in, in a way where it changed his life and it gave him uh, confidence and it gave him uh, a purpose. Um, the only thing that I wish about the movie is that JC would define Jesus, and that would have been the reason for purpose in life. But other than that, it was a great movie. Uh, it's a movie that you can sit down and watch with your whole family. There's no scenes that you have to cover the kids' eyes or cover their ears, nothing. It's a nice, clean movie. It, if you get a chance, it's still in theaters. Go check it out. If you wait for it to come to a streaming service or come to video, to Redbox, check it out. Blinded by the light. Was so impressed by the movie. I think you're going to love it. Thank you so much. The Way Today's Word for You. What's up online family and what's going on way today audience? This is your man, Pastor B, a.k.a. Pastor Breezy, pastor of Common Ground Vineyard Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. And I am honored to share with you a message called The Cost of Commitment. You see, there are certain things in life that we cannot avoid on our journey and commitment is one of them. You will have to commit yourself to something. Whether it's your work, your health, your fitness, your love, your relationships, spirituality, you will have to commit yourself to something. 
And you have to understand that commitment reveals your character. In other words, whatever you're willing to support, whatever you're willing to fight for, whatever you are even willing to die for, will show what is in your heart. And every commitment, no matter what it is, every commitment will come with a cost. And so we're going to see the cost of commitment up close in the book of Ruth, chapter 1. The Bible says in Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now, as we examine the scriptures, what we find is an important clue. We find that this place takes story in the time of the judges, one of the darkest times in Israel's history. And so in this dark time, in this difficult season, one family decides to move from their homeland in Israel to a foreign country. There was a famine and the family did what they had to do to survive. And this is not unreasonable. Because at one point or another, we all do what we have to do to survive. When we're in a desperate situation and there's no end in sight, we often find ourselves doing things that we didn't think we would do. Things that we wouldn't normally do. Just think about the Bahamas and Abaco Island and all the destruction that was wrought there by Hurricane Dorian. People are just surviving and doing whatever they have to do. And so people end up in survival mode oftentimes, and when they're in survival mode, everything is on the table because they're just trying to get by. And that's the situation that Naomi and her family were in. It says in verses 3 through 5 that now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left with her two sons and her husband. And so what we see here is that tragedy strikes. In a dark time, things only get darker. And this happens in our lives all too often. We find ourselves experiencing tragedy. Why? Because we try to make a temporary situation into our permanent reality. Naomi was going down to Moab so that her family could get fed, so that they could survive. That wasn't meant to be a forever thing. It was only meant to be a temporary thing. And oftentimes we're trying to take the temporary and make it our forever. How many of you ladies out there want to deal with Mr. Right Now and instead of knowing that he's Mr. Right Now, instead of living with the fact that he's not right for a lifetime, you try to take a season and stretch it out and expand it, but it doesn't work. The Bible reveals that whenever we take a temporary situation and try to make it permanent, our permanent becomes even worse than what was temporary. Some of us try to take a job that makes good money and turn it into something more when we know the job doesn't yield a great future. Maybe you find yourself trying to commit, but you know deep down inside that what you are committing to won't commit to you. And just like Naomi, you might go all in, but you're holding on to something temporary. 
Let me tell you, everything that we have in this life is temporary. And all we can do is trust God and thank God for what he gives us from day to day. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let us thank God and let us focus on what is unseen and grasp and take hold of the eternal and trust God for all that he gives us each and every day and know that today is a blessing. It's a gift. That's why it's called the present. I thank you for listening. I thank you for joining in on the way today and listening to Pastor B as I break down the word of God. I'll see you next time. I'll keep pressing on toward the goal that's only by grace alone Sustaining me through the fire, the Sega's holding me close In a world that hates God and a culture that thinks I'm wrong For believing what scripture teaches, I'll keep on proclaiming Jesus but I am better than anyone else I'm prone to fall and start wandering in my heart But the Savior constantly draws me back unto himself Ever since he saved me from hell Now in the house of the Lord I'll dwell even though I was a felon In God's sight I get broken his law right So I naturally deserve to be burned and it'd be right He saved me despite perversion and promised that he preserved me Now purposefully be swerving past all of the evil serpents Distractions that he be throwing at me Just hold to his holy majesty Cloaked in his righteous robe so I have to be Killing sin and keep pressing on by his grace Can't wait until the day I see Jesus Christ face to face